All right, all right. We're back in Atlanta at the Global Podcast Studios. Uh, and we got a great show here for you today. We're talking all things cybersecurity. But today's topic is uh, very timely. It's not just security in the school system, but it's cybersecurity. And we're all, we've are all we all heard the headlines about cybersecurity attacks in businesses and in the retail sector. Uh, but we're going to talk about um, education systems. And we have the expert, the guru, the man, the dude, the Dos Equis man of cybersecurity <laughs> live in our studio, Dwayne, Mr. Dwayne Hart. Welcome to the show. I'm trying to stop laughing. Yeah. I, I saw you. It's good thing it's not video. Laughing. Yeah, you can pull it. You can uh, you can make that happen with a podcast. Yeah. Speaking of video, so um, you've been um, you've been doing all things in terms of uh, your book is is you know uh, on the rise and has gotten lo- lots of uh, sales in that category. Your YouTube channel has always been um, very prominent, but you've started doing live stream on YouTube now, right? How's that been going for you? I want to be a TV star. Yeah, I know right. exactly. So, yeah. You're so, working your way there. <laughs> so these live screens are going well because they're designed to uh, focus on helping people channel their careers in, right. in this cybersecurity market. You know, much of the conversations that we have about some of the solutions and some of the challenges and issues in cybersecurity with the technologies, you and I take care of those through the podcast. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah. You... You know, you're a cybersecurity guru. Yeah, I'm going to write the uh, a chapter in your book. I can't write a whole book about it, but yeah, I'll write from the from the user experience and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got a name for that. All uh, right, <laughs> I got a serious name for that chapter. Does the does the hacker's hat fit? Oh, I like that. Yeah, because uh, there's adjustable hat size. Do you get a custom one? Um, you got my wheel spinning, but we got to stay focused here. Yeah. So we got a limited amount of time. Let's talk about, as I mentioned at the top of the uh, show, this is about cybersecurity and, um, the hackers, as you mentioned in the school system. So, um, talk to us about, um, you know, in the last couple of years, what's been on the short list. Well, so let's look at it from the high level. Okay. What does colleges offer to the community education? Right. How is education now taken advantage of? It's through online access. Right. It's through sitting at home with your computers. Because now we are in this age where we're in post-COVID. Right. And most colleges and a lot of colleges really um, transition to more online, um, how could I say, uh, online type of services right. offered. And now what happens is that they're seeing that probably with these online services, we can attract more students, you know, because everybody wants to go to school from home. So with that said, the underneath all of the, all of the changes are, it is a serious, serious, serious situation. And it's called cybersecurity. And, you know, I, I just want to say that, it's a serious concern because because we're dealing with information and we're dealing with data and we're dealing with someone that is located in a remote location and logging on to a server that is probably located 500 miles away. And in between that, we don't know who is, you know, standing there or sitting somewhere uh, with the laptop trying to intercept. Yeah, ready uh, to attack. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned uh, stats. And uh, some numbers. Let me give you some stats from a recent article here. So it's uh, since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, most schools have returned to a fully integrated 
um, in-person learning environment. But for a lot of um, the damaging effects from those last couple of years, while we were all kind of, uh, you know, being sent home and so forth, um, 67, according to this article, 67 separate ransom attacks impacted almost a thousand schools and colleges, putting at risk personal data of almost a million students. Um, that's pretty some scary statistics, right? It is scary. It's, it's, it's facts. Right, right. It's facts. But, but you know what I would like to say is that, that one of my talking points for cybersecurity is that let's just for a minute move away the type of organization or agency that, you know, we are dealing with. Let's okay. just say if it's not a school. Right. And let's just look at cyber cybersecurity, you know, for what cybersecurity is all about. Let's okay. just look at cybersecurity only. Okay. And if we do that, there are some standards that need to be followed, but you have to answer but you have to institute those standards across the different platforms. You know, the different plaf- platforms are colleges, uh, banks, hospitals, um, maybe, maybe, maybe your u- maybe your utility plants. Right. All right. So the foundation to cybersecurity should always be in place, but how you use them based on the technology that you have in place at these different platforms makes a difference on whether you fail or you succeed. Now, now with colleges, see, it's unique because you have a training environment and you have portals and you have online access. Right. And not all the students that are going through these programs are working in technology. Maybe only probably, I would say, about 10 to 15% of the students right. are studying Technology exactly. So the other students are either studying business or some type of liberal arts and liberal what have you, arts yeah. and um, social and um, you know the basic math, reading, and so forth. But uh, but yeah, they're English. not in the technology space, right? So they're not in the technology space. So what? So what has to happen is that that I always state this is that the cybersecurity mindset works in on millions of domains, right? And what individual would have to do is to learn that the standard to making cybersecurity operate is to invoke a thinking process. And, and see, that thinking process is saying that, hey, we are in a school system, but there are standards we need to follow like everybody else follow. Right. Because what I hate the most about the cybersecurity industry is that there's, there's always a conversation about which industry is hit the most. Right, exactly, yeah. All industries are susceptible. Okay, And, and the most important industry is your industry, yes. whatever you're in. Yes. So no offense, but like if uh, another industry, the retail sector, and if you're not in that space, it it doesn't concern you. But if you're in the school system and you're responsible for kids, uh, whether they're, you know, middle school, because <clears throat> now computers are being issued to, you know, elementary schools. We just yes. think, you know, not just high schools, right? Yes. Uh, let me ask you this question. Who do you think is more susceptible uh, in terms of uh, cybersecurity in the, within the school system, the high school or the college? I'll give you my viewpoint on it, see if you subscribe to it or not, right? So I think potentially uh, you could you know, argue both sides of this, but, but on one hand, the college, because they're more independent, there's no parents overlooking, and they're more likely to kind of use their, their school quote computer for other, 
uh, applications besides what besides homework, what they should be using it for, right? Well, so they're more, and and again, they're in a different mindset. They're not as mature now. The high school kids, in theory, their parents, if they're you know, we'll talk about this later. If they're instructed by the school system, the do's and don'ts of their computer, they're being potentially more monitored, right? So, which is safer, or which is which one do you subscribe to, what and I for got- why? But I have two different things to okay. uh, talk about. One is digital parenting. Right, yeah. Digital parenting is focused on the younger group of uh, students. Right. The second thing that I like to focus on is that who has access to the most data. Okay, that's okay. a good point. Okay, so so when we look at this scenario, right. the youth don't have access to much data as the college students do. Right. Because college students have access to a lot of data, and it's uh, personal data for the colleges. Um, you know, they have to put their social security numbers online, and a couple of informational right. things have to be shared. And you're dealing with other people, email addresses. Right. You know, it's a couple other things that could <clears throat> fall into that area of data protection, but college students have access to more data. And, you know, the more access you have to data, then that's the more the, need of cybersecurity. That, that, I subscribe to that. That makes sense. Um, so what do you f- figure has changed uh, in the last couple of years uh, related to, you know, it used to be all homework was done with a book and m- not much technology was involved. The only technology was more the record keeping of the school system, right? But now that we're opening the floodgates to everybody giving access to that, um, where are some potential, you know, challenges and what are some, some solutions to that? Um, I pretty much like to look at it from three levels. Okay. You know, the first level is that we have remote access. Okay. Most people now are using online um, portals to gain information to their college classes or right. whatever, right? So you think about the number of people that use remote access. 50 years ago, everybody was in the classroom. Right, right. right. Okay. (laughs) So when it comes to data, people now do not go into their closet and pull that shoebox out, right? Right. And see what they written down on a sheet of paper. Yeah. All that information is saved on a server somewhere. Right. And these colleges are saving information. Even from nine, maybe ten years ago, when someone used to go to the college, or pretty much, you know, was right. was a student there, that information is still saved in a repository. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So when when it was a paper trail, I mean, you know, it's a paper trail, right? And it was locked up somewhere. Now that third level um, that I think has changed over time is that is that we are in an age now where where people feel more comfortable working from home and working remotely. Right. So their mindset has shifted from the presence of an office to the presence of being at home. Right. In the midst of all of this, we always like to say, okay, what type of mindset needs to be in place? Because you're not in an office anymore. You know, you can't take your laptop and open up the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, unless you're on a PC using Windows, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you can't do that. <laughs> right. Um, so in terms of, uh, uh, you know, cyber attacks, r- ransom, now in the article they mentioned that there were um, ransomware attacks, 
but I don't know. Uh, we've heard some stats about businesses being, you know, held hostage, whatever, right? But uh, is there any indication that school systems have been susceptible to that as well? You know what? I would say yes. Yeah. Because I would never, ever try to downplay or shortchange cybersecurity. Right. Right. Ransomware can happen anywhere. And if you think about college students, and let's just let's just let's just, let's just look at the mindset of a college student. Okay, I need to do my homework. <laughs> Good luck on that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I need to do my homework. Right. And they log onto that computer and they realize that there's a ransomware attack. Right. But they have to give up twenty five dollars. Right. Okay, because they can't get to the portal. Okay. So if they buy into that and give up the $25, then they can get that class work done. Now but that opens Pandora's box. Next yeah, time it's yeah, 50 or whatever, yeah, right? Yes, yes, it's 50, right? right. But, but you would think about the number of students that are pretty much under that system. Right. You know, it can be very, very smaller things as to a ransomware goes to a college right. and locks down its servers. The whole right? university. Whole university. Now right. you have ten thousand students right. out there that cannot obtain information for their classes. And students say, "Okay, well, since I can't start the class, then you know I want my money back." Okay, because yeah. they don't spend that money right. you know, to start the class. And the onus was on the university to uh, to protect, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and uh, we think about you know access to the data, but as simple as their email, because most college kids are issued a uh, email tied to the university. Yes. Right. And um, so, I mean, are there like, you know, recommendations putting contingency um, options in place? So you should have redundant uh, servers with all that same data, but not 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 tied together. And, um, you know, on a daily basis, whatever, do they kind of, you know, uh, clone that to another server? I mean, what are some real world applications to kind of uh, get one step ahead of the hackers? Okay, right. I'm going to bring up a term. It's called PTC. Okay. okay. Policy, training, and continuous monitoring. Yeah. A policy means that the college has a policy out that's that's strong. Right. That states how you're going to treat the university systems. Okay. All right. Two is you have to train people on those particular standards. Right. Um, I mean, honestly. Three is you have to have a continuous monitoring program in place where you have eyes and ears constantly ongoing and watching what is really going on. Because I don't know if a lot of colleges have a security operational center that that like monitors their online portals. Right. Most of the security operational centers are pretty much concerned about trying to manage the internal systems that the college own or like all the professors use and the dean uses, you know, for the professional use, not the uh, student use. So the question goes is that are these colleges really monitoring the students? Because if you think about a major college that actually has 10,000 students that are remote. Right, right, yeah. Okay, and you There's have 10,000 10, possible different scenarios, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you have to really think about the way that you protect that data. And, you know, part of it is that most colleges are probably using a VPN tunnel so that their students can log on. Um, 
you know, that's that's kind of the way I think it think it may work. But it still goes back to PTC. Right. PTC will save you. Okay. Policy training and your continuous monitoring. And your continuous monitoring is is kind of going into the question that that you pose. Right. Is that what type of software applications and all the technologies that you have in place and making sure that they are operating. Yeah, you could kind of encapsulate that. What's your protocol? Yes. Right. You have to have a playbook, um, just like you have a curriculum for your class uh, throughout the year. You need to have written down in writing a plan. Here's what we're doing on a daily basis, monthly, quarterly to kind of check in. But also, and then the training is to educate um, the professors, the students, the staff, and so forth. So much like you've talked about the military application and in business, everybody should wear have that you know that wear that uh, hacker's hat, have that mindset, right? Throughout, so you know, uh, you talked about in the last episode about the military and being the first line of defense, yes. right? See, so that should be implemented at the university and the uh, high school level as well, right? Playbook and resource guys right, yeah. equals the cybersecurity mindset. Yeah, and security. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> equals now, equals security in your system as best you can do. There's no, there's no uh, magic pill, whatever, right? But if you're not taking proactive steps on it and don't have a, pr- a process in place, just like in business, you can't just like wing it, right? Wow, dude, man. Well, you sound like a cybersecurity expert over there. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> don't make my head too big here or whatever. Yeah, but um, but, but no, right. it's a fascinating, it's a very, uh, it's, uh, I, we were talking about an article before, you know, um, every business, it's somewhere in their psyche, right? What if, right? And you can't, you know, be an ostrich and have your head in the sand, but at the same time, uh, you got to do other stuff. You got to live in the real world. Right. But you got to understand there's people, hackers living in the hacker's world. There you go. Hacker's world. Yeah. Hacker, hacker world. Well, <laughs> what else a term that is used throughout the military? Okay. And it states that, that, that if you are ready, then you are always ready. Yeah. Okay. That is that proactive mindset. That's proactive defense. That's part of the human firewall theory. Right. That is having that uh, thinking process in place where you're constantly engaged into cybersecurity because cybersecurity is ongoing. Yeah. So if cybersecurity is ongoing, then it only makes it smarter if normal people are ongoing as well too. Right. So, so it's really kind of, kind of makes it easy. Right. For everybody. It's kind of like in, uh, in business terms, it's like you don't rely your entire finances just to your CPA or the finance department. Uh, everybody within the organization should be monitoring. How are we spending money, right? Are we wasting money? And um, and a red flag should appear if the statements aren't jiving, right? Uh-huh. You don't have to rely on the annual review of your statement. You know, you should be monitoring just like your personal bank account. You know, uh, I got a call yesterday. I was doing uh, some withdrawals and the bank uh, called and said, hey, there's been some suspicious activity. And they actually locked down my account until it was verified by me, right? So transpose that into our topic today about cybersecurity within the school system. One last question. We're running out of time here, but um, one last question, uh, kind of on topic, but a little different angle to this. Um, Are you, uh, is cybersecurity being taught, you know, at the college level in terms of, you know, a career? And uh, is that built into some of the curriculum, do you feel um, at this point? Well, cybersecurity is taught as a field. Now, but well, within, you think universities have a designated, uh, not a degree in that space, right? 
but um, is that a course that people can take, Cybersecurity 101 kind of thing, right? You're talking like a user awareness course. Okay. I believe most colleges do have it That's and, cool. in place, and and I think it should be in place prior to any students um, using any of the college services. Right. You know, a user awareness course should actually be in uh, place as well. Most organizations make sure that individuals go through that one-hour training on, like, user awareness. See, and, and it should be almost like a test, right? In order, some I'm sure some high schools, middle schools, colleges are probably already doing this. If not, you know, just the aha moment would be like, we're not actually it, even issuing you your computer or your email address until you've passed this test, right? So you can train them, but what are they retaining, right? They can sit through an hour, but it's basically, it's like your driver's license, right? right. You can study for the license, but you don't get handed that license until you pass the driving test. So, well, well, you know what? When it comes to training and uh, people, people, people will have a lapse, right? So that's where the and the phrase PTC, okay, and the C at the end, which is your continuous monitoring, yeah, comes yeah. in place. This is where the eyes and ears are monitoring. You know, the people that have been trained, right? Okay, now, now you're trained. Now we trust you, but you know what? You know, we're still going to keep our eyes and ears on you. It's like a famous president said one time, trust but verify. That's right. Right? That's that's right. Zero trust. <laughs> you know, uh, you uh, know, with zero. Proven and, guilty until uh, proven yeah, innocent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the traditional ways was to trust, trust but verify. But as of now, see, we moved to a zero trust okay. architect out here. It means that you don't trust at all. So, you know. Once an organization moves to that level, I think they'll be a whole lot safe because with zero trust, um, you know, like you have a lot of security zones in place. So you're really being authenticated and verified at so many levels. Right. Whereas, whereas the traditional method means that once you get access, then you was good to go. But now with zero trust, no. Uh, we still need to do verifiable checks as you progress through the system right. and use use these applications. Speaking of good to go, we got to go. All right. It's the end of the, this, this magical hour here. Yeah. So Dwayne, it's been a pleasure once again to have you in our Atlanta podcast studios here on the global podcast uh, studios network and uh, rich Casanova here, just uh, adding my two cents and my two cents are now up to probably a nickel at this point, right? My uh, education on cybersecurity. Man, <laughs> you have enough to go out there to buy Wait, yourself I'm, a new hacker's hat. Oh, nice. Well, you definitely have the silver dollar in this on this uh, topic and subject matter. And speaking of that, um, uh, again, check out DwayneHart.com. Everything we've talked about on the podcast, his uh, book is available there. Links to his YouTube for the live stream, so forth and so on. So rather than giving all kinds of social media handles and websites and domain, DwayneHart.com. You'll check it out. Everything's there. And uh, we look forward to having you back in the studio and your upcoming uh, podcast uh, series. Okay. Take care. And again, we'll see you next time right here with Dwayne and Rich. I don't know if that's the name of a show, but yeah, but we'll be here. <laughs> <laughs>